welcome to the Hope for the Animals podcast, sponsored by United Poultry Concerns. I'm your host, Hope Bohannock, and you can find all our past shows by going to our website, hopefortheanimalspodcast.org, and you can find my contact information there as well. I would love to hear from you. So today I'm going to be flying solo. No guest today. I just want to tell you a story today. I'm going to tell you the story of a rooster that I rescued. So I have dedicated myself to protecting farmed animals for over 30 years, but I haven't ever really lived with them, with farmed animals. I was never drawn to sanctuary work or having a sanctuary. I always preferred outreach and education, that aspect of activism. But this was such a powerful experience this time that I had with this rooster. So I wanted to share it with you. And even even though it's not my focus, I have been involved with rescues before. Everything from small rescues. I rescued a mama hen and her six chicks from a gas station once. I've rescued a rabbit and a kitten. It seems like animals in need just happen to be around me throughout my life. Uh, and I've also been involved in some of the larger coordinated rescues. Uh, there were um, hundreds of hens that needed rescuing from an egg farm in Turlock, California. I was involved with that. Also dozens of domestic geese one time from this drought-stricken lake area that needed to be relocated. So I've been involved in these coordinated rescues as well. But this particular rescue was a little different in that this rooster stayed with us for quite a while in our home. He, I was his primary caregiver and kind of nursed him back from the brink of death. So, so it was very special, and I really want to share this story with you today. So here is the story of Kakuta the rooster. So a few years back, on a Saturday before Easter Sunday... I got a call from a friend who was worried about a rooster in the parking lot of Walgreens and Pete's Coffee. There's an area in Katati, California that has kind of become famous now in the area for a feral population of roosters and hens that have kind of made their home in the field of tall grass in the in the area around there, the parking lot around the Pete's Coffee and Walgreens. And... It's the same area that I had recently rescued a mama hen and her six newborn chicks and took them to a local farmed animal sanctuary. They were actually across the street in the gas station and she, mama had had these chicks at the gas station and uh, so I rescued them. And now across the street at the Walgreens, there was a rooster who was in trouble. You know, this area, like I said, had kind of become famous for these hens and roosters. People were putting out water for them, and people would hang out with them in the eating area outside of Pete's and feed them scones and take pictures. And But this population has been really growing and growing as more and more uh, birds are being dumped there. Anyway, I drove over to see what was going on, and there was a police car that was parked in the Walgreens, and I walked up to the officer, and she was just kind of standing there looking at this rooster that was really just kind of this lump of feathers in the middle of the parking lot, 
And this rooster had been apparently bullied for hours by another rooster. And this other rooster was pacing back and forth, kind of hovering over him. And I asked the officer, I said, are you here about the rooster? And she said, yeah, yeah, I got a call about him. So I shooed the other rooster, the tormenting rooster away. And uh, I bent down to this poor guy who was just in shock. He was just frozen. And his face and neck and head and comb were all just covered in this dried murky blood. His left eye was swollen shut and really swollen. Fresh blood was just dripping out of it. And I asked the officer what she was going to do. And she said she didn't know. She didn't know anything about chickens. (laughs) And so I sat down next to this pitiful little guy and I was able to gently put him on my lap so I could take a good look at him. And he did have a lot of blood on him, but I didn't see any injuries on his wings, on his body or his uh, feet, uh, legs, anything It was mostly his head and his eye that were just kind of cut up. And I couldn't find any real deep wound on his body or his neck. And I told her that it was a really good chance he'd recover. But she said, well, I'll probably have to take him to animal control. And, you know, I knew what that meant. That meant that he would probably be put down, especially on Easter weekend. It's likely they wouldn't want to deal with him uh, because he needed some immediate attention and care. And so I ended up with a rooster in my car. (laughs) I just knew at that moment that really I was his only hope. I, I knew if I let the officer take him, it was very likely he would be euthanized. So uh, I wrapped him in a towel that Walgreens, the lady in Walgreens was kind enough to offer uh, a towel that they had for sale. She just gave me a, a towel and I wrapped him up, put him in my car and took him home. His life was in my hands. So I had an animal carrying crate for my cats and I put some soft towels in there and I put him in there so he'd feel safe and He didn't move for seven days. For seven days, that poor soul just sat traumatized. I mean, he really didn't move and he wasn't interested in water. He wasn't interested in food. We tried everything. We tried blueberries and pasta and apples and rice and bananas and nothing worked. His eye was so swollen, it was the size of a marble. I got some antibiotic cream from a local farmed sanctuary, and I applied that to his eye twice a day. A few times I did take him out of the crate and set him in the sun for a while, just trying to enliven him, but he would just sit motionless, listless. I was so worried about him, and every morning I ran to the crate to check on him early because I was so afraid that he probably died overnight, you know, but he didn't. He would still just be sitting there staring. We named him Kakuta, and Kakuta means rooster in Sanskrit. So slowly the swelling of Kakuta's eye did subside, and on the seventh day of being a guest in our very small cottage and small backyard, he stood up and walked out of the crate 
and started drinking some water. We were thrilled. I mean, we couldn't believe it. We were like, yay, (laughs) he's going to be okay. He started dunking his head under the water again and again to wash off all that crusted blood on his face and comb. And the next morning, we heard him crow for the first time. And it was such a joyful sound. It was this robust celebration of life. And he started doing much better day by day. It didn't take him long till he was just running around and pecking at everything. And he was a perfect gentleman. He at first needed about maybe a four foot radius around us, just kind of unsure of our intent. But very soon I was able to pick him up without him protesting. And now he was coming right up to us and following us around the yard He was just such a gentle soul. He would talk to us with sweet clucks and barks and coos of affection, sounds of gratitude when we'd give him food. He was so full of life. He was busy all day, loved to interact with us. We were just mesmerized watching him. So Kakuta needed to be rescued because people eat eggs. Seems disconnected, right? Why would that be? I mean, was, what, what is a rooster being rescued from a Pete's parking lot, <laughs> Walgreens parking lot, have to do with eggs? Well, let me lay it out for you. Because of the tireless work of animal advocacy organizations like United Poultry Concerns over the last three decades, there's been a growing awareness that hens suffer in the egg industry. We've gotten the message out about the tragedy, the horrors of the industrial egg industry and what the hens suffer in these places. Now, in Sonoma County and other places, people have bought into this farm-to-table ethos, and they want a more natural, more humane experience. The area is largely wealthy, and suburban people are buying chicks from feed stores and off Craigslist, and they are raising their own chickens for eggs. People that live in the suburbs, people that live in rural areas that have some room, that have some space, they're getting chicken coops and they're raising their own chickens, thinking that this is more humane. Now, this may seem like a positive trend, but there's a hidden hindrance. For every hen born, so is a rooster. Roosters are unwanted because, of course, they don't lay eggs. There are also issues with the hens and actually with backyard raising of chickens for eggs. And I get into that in the Reason for Vegan podcast uh, about humane eggs and backyard chickens. So check that one out. But today we're going to focus here on roosters because of Kakuta's story. And roosters are unwanted because of course they don't lay eggs. They're also unwanted because they often crow and that's not welcome in populated areas and neighborhoods. And it can even be not legal actually to keep roosters because of the noise. Most areas in Sonoma County will allow up to 12 hens, but no roosters. And it's so crazy to me because I live in a suburban neighborhood and 
the noise levels of machinery is horrible. Like you hear all these leaf blowers and lawn mowers and a crow of a rooster is so it's so much more pleasant a sound than a machine. But the machines are legal, but roosters are not. Uh, I don't get it. Anyway, because roosters are worthless to the egg industry, they don't lay eggs, male chicks are killed just hours after emerging from their shells at the hatcheries. They are thrown away alive by the billions, they're dumped into huge trash bins to suffocate on the weight of their brothers, to die slowly of dehydration and freezing to death in the backs and in the dumpsters of uh, hatcheries. Many are even ground up alive in maceration machines. They are sent down these conveyor belts and dropped into these sharp blades like huge blenders that chop them up. They're also uh, electrocuted in these metal boxes. Their tiny bodies are then ground up, used for fertilizer and pet food and other products. Determining the sex of a chick as they do in the hatchery, is really not an exact science. Many are missexed, and many males are shipped to feed stores and sold as females when they're chicks, and you can't tell. And a backyard enthusiast discovers that one of her hens is a male, so she gets rid of him. And it's increasingly difficult to find homes for roosters. Overwhelmed animal shelters end up euthanizing most of them. Other roosters get dumped on the side of the road. And that's what's happening in Katati, California at Pete's Coffee and Walgreens. People see chickens there, so they think, oh, well, they'll be okay if I just add another one. So they dump their unwanted rooster thinking it'll be fine, but it's not. Roosters are territorial, and as the numbers increase, the newcomers may have to face a bird defending his territory and could be injured, could be stressed, or even killed. And my guess is that this is what happened to our sweet rooster, Kakuta. We had Justin Van Cleek of the Microsanctuary Movement and Triangle Chicken Advocates on the podcast, and he talks about this issue, and he has said something that I think is, is so important to ask. He says, you need to ask, where are their brothers? Where are their brothers? Whenever there is an egg operation and a situation where hens are being raised for eggs, whether it be industrial scale, whether it be cage-free, whether it be free-range, whether it's a backyard, someone's backyard, you need to ask, where are their brothers? There's only going to be females, and for every female, there is a brother, there is a rooster, there is a male who likely suffered and died. My husband and I, unfortunately, couldn't keep Kakuta. We decided not to keep Kakuta because we were just renting this small duplex and we were going to need to move soon. So a vegan activist friend of ours agreed to adopt him, and we were overjoyed that he was going to be staying in the family, going to a vegan home, first of all, and that was very important to us. And she had an acre of land with three rescued hens, but no rooster. 
So he was going to be coming into a family of hens that he could love and protect. So when she saw my post on Facebook, she and her partner had already been talking about rescuing a rooster to be with their hens. So they set up a wonderful secure space for him and we missed him terribly. We cried uh, when we left him there, but you know, we were glad he was going to be in a good home with other chickens. He needs friends. Being vegan for over 30 years now, I've long respected chickens' lives, but I never lived with a chicken. Kakuta being our guest for the couple of months that he was with us, it awakened something incredibly special in me. I I loved him so much and while I had a strong vegan philosophy before, now more than ever, I simply I can't imagine anyone purposely killing a sentient individual like Kakuta. It's, it's a different level of unimaginable now. Everything in me wanted to protect him, wanted to keep him alive. It's this love I wish that everyone could experience. I feel like if you really can feel what I felt. You could never again think of harming an animal. After knowing that kind of love and compassion, the the whole experience just enriched my life. It strengthened my understanding of veganism. It deepened my commitment to protecting chickens. And most of all, I will never forget my dear friend, Kakuta. Thank you for listening to the Hope for the Animals podcast. So we will be going back next episode to the guest conversation format. But do let me know if you liked today's show and maybe I'll do some more solo episodes. I've got a lot to say about vegan issues, so maybe I'll do this again sometime. And maybe you liked that it was a little shorter of a show. Let me know what you like and I'll try to do more. So just a preview of what's to come in the next couple of months, I'm going to be doing another series. We did the Micro Sanctuary series this summer, which was awesome, and I, I loved it. I really learned a lot, and now we're going to do a different kind of series. I'm honored to have an essay published in a new anthology called Vegan Voices, Essays by Inspiring Changemakers. It's edited by Joanne Kong. So this fall, starting with the next episode, I'm going to do a series called the Vegan Voices series, and we're going to feature a few authors from this new anthology, starting with the editor, Joanne Kong. All the featured authors are longtime vegans that are doing the amazing work of farmed animal protection in a variety of ways from different angles, different perspectives, but all with a common vision of compassion. So I look forward to bringing you this Vegan Voices series. I'll maybe do a little bit of a reading from my essay uh, at some point, and if you can, Please help support us by spreading the word. Share this episode. Share this episode with anyone who still eats eggs. Give us a five-star rating on your listening device. And please honor Kakuta and all roosters by living vegan. Oh, oh, oh.